Hello and welcome back to this Christian Walk Podcast, the show where no topic is too taboo to empower you on your walk with God. I'm your host Marley B and it is my privilege to welcome you back to the conversation. This week we are going to be talking about how we can turn our pain into purpose as we have a conversation with a friend of the show, Keisha Bathia, who came on to discuss how after a tumultuous marriage that spanned over two decades ended in earth-shattering ruins. But from the ashes, she is rising even stronger than ever even stronger than ever and urges that not only can it happen for her but it can also happen for you so let's share her story today and talk about how powerful it can be in our lives and in the lives of people we know and even people we don't know when we decide to change our pain into purpose let's get into it right now uh, walk with me talk with me what you know about God will he ride with me come and open my eyes for me hit my story show me more what's in store and what's more listen homie can you walk all right well I would like to officially welcome my guest Keisha to this Christian Walk podcast welcome Keisha welcome thank you so much for having me tonight you are so very welcome thank you for being here I really appreciate it and you know I just want to go in by saying how brave you are thank you so much for your bravery and your courage and telling your story not everybody is you know comfortable enough to do that but I love how you're going after what it is God got for you and you are we're pretty much here as far as eye to eye, <laughs> knowing that you feel and I feel that you telling your story will just help you in that in your walk with God and when you're in your walk to where God is taking you. So Amen. thank you so much for sharing that with us. Okay. So let thank just you for get, having me. No problem. And just to get started, I want to give like a little bit of background for you, right? Because this is this Christian walk. We know everybody's Christian walk is a little bit different, right? So if you can kind of just give me like your background as far as your your foundation of faith, what did that look like as far as your childhood? As a child, I grew up, my mother came from a Christian family as well as my father, but both my parents were not saved. My mother got saved when I was 11. And so, uh, but I was singing, I, I, since I was four years old, my grandmother, my fraternal grandmother would take me to church. I would sing um, since I was four. So I went to church. And then when my grandmother died, when I was 11, um, I stopped singing. I stopped going to church. And then uh, around like, like 15, I started back going to church with my mother. My mother got saved, as I said, when I was about 11. And so I started going back to church with my mother. And I went every Sunday, every Thursday. So, um, but I didn't have my own personal relationship with the Lord until I was much older. Um, mm -hmm. But I was a regular church goer. Uh, and I of the Lord through my parent, through my mother. Oh, okay. Oh, How yeah. did you before you... Is that, you got like a, is that a, a dog back there? Yes. Oh yeah, that sounds like a big dog. <laughs> okay. He's well, little. Uh, he, is he? Oh, yeah. that's a good, that's a good little dog. If I'm gonna have a little dog, I want him to sound big. So that's a good one. <laughs> so when you think about um your, I, and you know, I'm, I love how you pointed out the difference between uh, the relationship then going, then going through the ritual of church. Right. Well, how would you say you were when you got into relationship with God? 
I would say the first time I really start uh, getting into relationship with the Lord, I was probably like 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there it progressed. But, but by the time I was like 26, I felt the Lord really drawing me. And that's when I really, really got committed in my own personal relationship with the Lord. Um, but I was serving in ministry. I was singing. I was helping at the youth at church, but it, it didn't get personal and it didn't get real until about maybe 25, 26 years old. I get that. I, it was in the thirties for me. Like I grew up going to church and then, and, but it wasn't until I got in really in probably about 33, okay. 32, 33 before it really started turn into a relationship and I could definitely see the difference can you see the difference uh where the ritual versus the relationship um, yes because then I agree I did I could I would have been more in tune with actually uh spending quality time with the Lord reading my Bible uh I was seeking the Lord he was drawing me and so I began to um just begin to have a a relationship versus just going to church just for the sake of going to say you mm-hmm. went. Yeah, because if we get into that cycle of, oh, well, you know, you have those people that's in the cycle of every Sunday. It's just like a, a thing. Yeah. It's Sunday. We're supposed to be in church. That's what we're supposed to do. You can't really start your day or say you had a Sunday unless you was in church because that's what you used to doing. And then it's that, those people that's just like, okay, Easter, Christmas Eve, uh, you know, Mother's Day, Father's Day. You know, the, the, that good five or six times, uh, you know, even that is a ritual in that, like exactly. the, the holiday, <laughs> you know, exactly. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, absolutely. But I, I definitely wanted to have you on the show today, Keisha, because to me, you had a tremendous story of restoration. Sometimes we get ourselves in situations where, you know, we, and we, and we stay there because we are scared of what we're going to lose. And then sometimes we lose things that we just didn't, even if you try to prepare yourself and when it's gone, you still, you find out that you wasn't prepared and you don't know how you're going to get out of it. But 2018 was a, 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 a huge, a very pivotal, pivotal year for you, life-changing year for you. And I wanted to give you a chance to tell your story about what happened during that time. So sure. go ahead. Yes, 18, 2018, my life began to spiral out of control. Uh, basically, the first thing um, my dad was, to back up a couple years, my dad was diagnosed with lung cancer in 2016. He had a very aggressive cancer, and they didn't even expect him to make it through that summer. But because we got into the hospital and he got he responded well to treatment, he, he did make it through 16 and 17. And then that cancer came back and it, the third, it was the third bout with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and 18, um, that summer, we knew then that the chemo wasn't working. And, um, and so here I would be faced and being my father's power of attorney, his uh, medical power of attorney, making all the medical decisions. Um, he's talking to me about his final wishes and everything, being his oldest child. Um, it kind of fell on me, the responsibility. And so it was a lot for me. Um, all the while I was having um, so many marital issues, so many other family issues within my own marriage. Um, and so in 2018, I felt like I lost. It was just like the start of losing what I, I thought everything. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, my father did pass away that September. Um, he was buried, um, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of days after, and then right after, um, I would be faced with, you know, I'm going to file for a divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about this in past. This was 
uh, not a good marriage. It wasn't, um, it was a toxic relationship. Uh, but you know, you, I stayed in for ministry for sake of image, um, who I was in ministry, where I served, the offices that I held. And I felt, um, I really felt like I had to endure this, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't leave the marriage. Um, and I think my ex-husband as well was maybe feeling the same. I don't know, he didn't voice that, but it's like we were not good for each other um, in the marriage, but we constantly, it was like cycles, just kept going on and on. But in 2018, we finally um, called it quits, like this is it. And so in 18, uh, September, my father would pass away. December, I would be moving out um, for the final time. This is it. Um, and then into 19, I'm losing a job. Uh, after losing the job in January, uh, house is selling in March. And here I am um, grieving for my father, unemployed. Um, I've lost my marriage. Uh, my big home is gone. Um, I didn't have anything. I felt like, I mean, I had my children and that was it. And even my daughter, my oldest daughter, she said, mom, surely God has a plan. She said, God has turned her life upside down. And I didn't understand why I had to endure so much. Um, And at such a a time, like you said, in my life, I'm like this, I'm already down, Lord. What's next? Um, But God was building ministry. And and there were some things that the Lord wanted to do in me and through me. And this is God. He used this to, to birth ministry. Yeah. And so when you hard place. Yeah. And I know how it is. And I'm glad that you had your daughter to speak life into you at that moment. But a lot of times we got to be real, right? When it all hit on pile on you at that, at that moment. It, and then, you know, a lot of people think that you can't question God. I, I trust, I personally don't believe that. I believe that God is okay with our questions. In fact, he wants to be in dialogue with us. You know, we don't always get the the answers that we want as soon as we ask the question, but he is definitely open for the dialogue. You know, ask the question, but you're going to have to wait for the answer and you have to break yourself <laughs> for the yes. answer that when it does come. So when you were in that moment, right, when you were in that moment where everything has stopped right right at that moment at the beginning where it's, it's no more the you lost your dad you've lost your job you lost your your marriage is ending how long were you married i was married for 18 years for 18 years so mm-hmm. you ending an 18 year really uh marriage and then you're you're losing your home right you, mm-hmm. you're because you have to sell it or do whatever to in order to finalize the paperwork you're losing all this stuff and then so what does that what does that feel like in that moment? Like, I, I understand what your, your daughter is saying and everything like that, but it, 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 what does that, what did that feel like you a person of faith at this time? You, you in relationship with God at this point, you're out of the ritual, you're in the relationship and you're, you're like, okay, why is this happening to me? So tell me what that looks like. Oh, what, what did that look like in your life? I was hurt. Can I say that? I was hurt. Yes. I was humbled. Um, I'm like, Lord, I thought like, I'm like, I'm, why me? I'm woeing, crying, why me? I felt like I, I'm like, Lord, I've been faithful. I've served in ministry. You know, some people come to church and they just come, but I was actually um, a leader. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm serving on all of these auxiliaries. I'm faithful in, in, in service. I'm faithful in worship. I'm here, I'm praying, I'm fasting. And I'm like, why did this have to happen? And why did it have to happen like that? And I, like you said, I asked God these questions and they didn't, I didn't get the answers right away. It was mm-hmm. a process. And um, later I would find out that 
um, the Lord began to speak to me through some um, prophetic utterances and said to me, um, I'm going to strip you down so that when I build you back up, nobody will get glory but me. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I still didn't understand that even when I gave God a yes, because I said, Lord, I've already said yes to ministry. I'll do what you called me to do because I knew that the Lord had a call on my life, but I kept being in the in, out of position. I was serving in all of these aspects of ministry, but that wasn't what God had called me to. The Lord kept saying there's more. And I kept like avoiding or not hearing what God was saying. And not saying that God calls these things to happen, but sometimes the Lord will allow things to happen and then he will use them for his glory. Um, and all of it was part of the plan. Even during that season, he told me, stand on the scripture, Romans 8 and 28. He said, all of these things are working together for good. And mm -hmm. there's going to be uh, glory after this. But at the time when I was in this situation, what it looked like to me, I, I kept the faith. It was hard. Even people, my friends, my family, they were like, um, you know, are you okay? You're going through so much. Um, I'm praying God gives you a break. I'm praying that the Lord strengthens you. So I was surrounded by great people mm -hmm. that prayed me through, but it taught me during this season, this time of, of isolation, this time of separation, I just began to get a closer, even closer walk with the Lord. And the Lord began to, I felt that I could trust him. I was like, I know that this is for a greater plan than what I can even see right now. Um, and, it, and it is, and it was, but at the time going through at first, I went, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I dealt with so many different emotions. Some days I would be angry. Some days I would be frustrated. I'm like, this is not the life that I thought I'd be living at this time. So I went through a, a lot of emotions. Um, but at the end of the day, at the end of the night, um, I would always say, nevertheless, I will. And so I would just rely on the Holy Spirit. I began to have a closer, I, I began to see God in so many other ways. You know, I only saw God, and I'm just speaking for me, mm -hmm. um, a little facet of him. There was so much more of God that I saw during this time. I saw him to be, you know, people say these cliches, like he sticks closer than a brother. I really got to see this firsthand. And the Lord just showed me how he's like, I don't care what you're going through, what you don't have a job. Even the Lord said to me, he said, if I have to feed you manna from heaven, you'll lose nothing. Mm -hmm. So the Lord, he showed himself so strong to me. And, I, and it just built my faith and my confidence in the Lord even more. Because even in that situation going through, I knew that I could trust the Lord. And that, that he, was, he was breaking me, but mm -hmm. I wasn't, he was bending me, but I wasn't going to break. Exactly. Now yeah. you had mentioned that you had, had um, you know, stayed in a toxic relationship. Right. So at this point, you were married for 18 years. How long were you together, even before, like all together before marriage and everything? Wow. We, it was a long relationship. Uh, mm -hmm. We dated in high school. So um, that was four years. Then we got back together after seven years. So all together, um, we had been in relationship at least 20, I would say 20, 25, 24 years. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, um, I knew him since I was like 15 or 16 years old. So really half of my life, yeah, I've so known you guys him. grew up together pretty much. We grew up together. We were high school sweethearts. Um, 
we separated after high school, I broke off the relationship because I'm like, we're so young and I want to see other people. And so um, like you go your way, I'll go mine. And then we got back together after seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of years later, we were married. And so we were the perfect love story for a lot of people as well. And I think we didn't want to let people down mm-hmm. because they saw these high school sweethearts. They felt like we were the perfect couple getting back together. Um, now we're getting married and we have a family together. We had a blended family. I had a daughter before marriage and he had a son and then we had a daughter together so it was like the perfect ending to a love story um and I think for me I you know and and I didn't want to let people down and I stayed in a toxic relationship knowing that it wasn't healthy um for me or for my daughters Mm, did you have any good years with him or do you think that you were you know just kind of going through the motions from the very beginning going through the motions I would say maybe two to three, and that would be stretching it um, immediately. Um, and I'll be frank and honest, the relationship started off on um, on lies. It was not built, and that was on my part. Um, and so there were some things that were withheld before the marriage, um, and that caused a lot of the friction or a lot of the stress in the relationship in the beginning. And that person, my ex-husband, took that and used it um, to his advantage or leveraged it to mm-hmm. be able to treat me and do whatever, you know, treat me any kind of way and do whatever he wanted to do. And I allowed this, mm-hmm. knowing that this was um, thinking like I had to endure this because of the lies or the, you know, before marriage type stuff that did take place. And so it just was um, not a good relationship. Um, and I, I just stayed there thinking, and mainly because of ministry. Yeah, when you talk about the, the image of it, right? Yeah. Um, people will, especially in church, they'll look at you and say, Oh, you're the perfect couple. Oh, look at them, they're the storybook couple. This is the power couple. People always want to just put little um just put little bowls around your relationship from the outside looking in. And sometimes we're playing those roles. Do you feel like you were playing a role? Playing a role. Um And, you know, going home to uh, just not happy, um, you know, not wanting to be there, avoidant, you know, how you don't want to go because, um, and that's why too, I think I threw myself into ministry Mm -hmm. because I was on everything, doing everything, stretched so thin because Mm -hmm. then I, you, you can focus on other things when, rather than focus on the things that you really need to be focusing on. Which, wow. was, which was the relationship issue. And sometimes that's why the Lord has been speaking to me so um, keenly to not just be being busy, but be producing and being where you, you need to be and be in a place where God has called you to the assignment because I felt like I've missed so many years being out of place. Mm-hmm. And so um, for me, that's what I did. I, I buried myself in my work. I buried myself in ministry. Um, so that I wasn't dealing with the issues at home. And, um, and even, you know, we sought counseling, we did counseling for a while, um, but it was, we were never on the same page at the same time. Um, and it just like, we could never get back in sync. Um, we could never find restoration and, um, you know, we could never reconcile our differences. Uh, and I'm like, Lord, we're, I'm, I'm fast and I'm praying. I mean, and I'm like really trying to want this marriage to work. And we both went through seasons and cycles. Sometimes he'd want the marriage to work. I'm like, I'm done. I'm tired. Like, 
and and then next time it would be me. I'm really giving it 150%. He's giving it 5%. So we went through those cycles, but we never seemed to be on the same page at the same time um, mm -hmm. as to, and, and I kept saying to myself, I can't have a marriage by myself. It takes two to want it. And um, so as much as I wanted my marriage to work, if you don't have a two willing partners and willing to do what it takes to get the marriage back on the, the right track, then it, it's just going to be a waste cost, you know, a loss of time and wasted efforts. And you hear so many stories about people who hold on to marriages for various things. Like we did it for the kids. We did it for the appearance. We did it because we're basically business partners. If I, if I leave him, I'm not going to be able to live the same lifestyle and things of that nature. Um, do you feel that um, I, you mentioned the image of it, right? But do you feel that you also were kind of doing it just for the sake of the kids and stuff like that? would say kids all of those above that you named financially I was not in a position um to be able to really live on my own because I was so much in debt I'm like okay I make a good salary but how am I going to be able to pay all of the bills by myself you know mm -hmm. when you're when you're doing things and splitting things um and you have a partner to help you know that financial help assistance is great and so when you I'm looking at all of this being gone having the two daughters at this time my daughter one was in college about to graduate and one was in high school so I'm looking at all of this expense by myself so a lot of times I stayed for so many reasons that were not the right reasons and I think um in both of retrospect hindsight uh even for him I think it, we became bitter at each other and the situation frustrated um, you know how you somewhere you don't want to be and you're not happy. And I think that's how the relationship really uh, excelled in, in the toxicity and it just kept getting worse. It wasn't getting any better. Um, but we stayed for me personally, I stayed for all the wrong reasons. Um, financial stability, uh, children, image, ministry, um, not wanting to fail because again, I am a perfectionist. So I was one of these people, like I said, it looked like I had the perfect life. Um, my, so to know that my marriage failed, um, it really hit hard when it did happen though. And so it took a lot of me even getting therapy and counseling. And so I say to anyone, if you need the therapy and the counseling, don't be afraid to reach out. I always tell people like, you'll go to the doctor if you have heart trouble, you'll go to the dentist if you have a toothache, you'll go to the eye doctor for eye, for eye exam. But we feel there's so much um, negative stigma around going to get therapy and counseling and a mental uh, wellness. And so I want to encourage everyone that is watching or will watch to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves mentally, just as much so as we are physically. And so I did get counseling therapy, saw some things. Um, and again, it just became with self-awareness. Um, I began to saw some things and flaws within myself and I had to forgive myself for a lot of things. Um, so there was some, a lot of self-sabotage in the beginning, like you did this. So, but eventually, um, like I said, through much fasting, much prayer therapy, I was able to overcome and I began to love myself again. And I began to say, you know, you messed up. There were some things I didn't do everything perfect. I, you were not perfect. You're not perfect. And, and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you hear about so many um, women, you know, as a single 
person myself, as a single woman myself, you know, I know the pressures that can happen when you starting to get to a certain age or whatever the situation is. And, or, and it's not so much externally. Sometimes it can be internally where it's like, okay, I'm supposed to be married. And sometimes we compromise ourselves from the very beginning. We overlook things from the very beginning or we rush into things that we know we're not ready for from the very beginning. Do you feel like you did that, that you gave yourself away or that you just overlooked things just for the sake of doing what everybody else expected you to do? Yes, I would. <laughs> I think there were some red flags from the beginning. Um, I should have taken a step back. I should have been honest. I should have been upfront uh, about the situation that caused this, the, the marriage to have what I would say the rift in it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think um, we were not, I was not ready. I'm only going to speak for myself. Uh, and sometimes you push um, into, you like, like you said, as far as in ministry, being in ministry, you push yourself or allow yourself to be pushed into situations or circumstances. Um, and it's no fault of the leaders per se, but it's just about that image. And, and I should have been okay with stepping back and saying no, um, maybe later, but not now. Mm. Do you think it was a result of like, like low self-esteem or, or um, just thinking, okay, if I mess this one up, I probably won't get another of this one this good. Do you think it was something like that? I don't, it wasn't low self-esteem at that time. Um, I did deal with that later on um, because of everything that I had gone through. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I just felt like, okay, well, I'm, I'm in ministry. I'm in the church. Um, and I was pregnant with my daughter, my, se my daughter, my second daughter. And, and I wanted mm -hmm. to get married before um, I got before I had her. And I think that was really the push or the rush. Mm -hmm. And again, it was because of image um, yeah. and what like the acceptance of being in church and you're pregnant and you are um, not married. And mm -hmm. so we wanted to make things right before we had the baby. And then we, I think we, but we were not ready. And there were some things that we needed to still work through and deal through. And we didn't take that time to do that. Yeah, because it's amazing what we'll do to try to quiet the church folk whispers, Yes, uh, you know, or even the blatant, oh, girl, what you, you done did that wrong, you know, yeah. and they would point the finger and all of that stuff. And so word, and I know you said, you know, around image, but when you actually, when you get to that point where it's like, okay, I'm going to do this, I'm going to dissolve my marriage, I'm going to step out and, and go into what's next for me. How was the response from the church? Did you get backlash for ending your marriage? How was that? I got a lot, not personally or directly, but indirectly. Um, you know, no one basically came up to me. Um, people that knew me close, up close, personal, knew what was going on. Um, but from a ministerial standpoint or ministry standpoint, they there was nothing said directly to me, but just indirectly, like there's nothing that couples shouldn't be able to work out. Um, divorce God is not pleased with divorce and I'm not an advocate for divorce but I, I I do know that you you should not stay in a toxic relationship or in a toxic marriage um especially if it's not healthy for you and if you have little people um that see that because I don't want my daughters to think that that's the norm mm -hmm. uh, and so I begin to like okay well Lord I've done everything I can do I've given it to you um, if, if this marriage is going to work, it's going to have to be you. Um, and when it did not, I was like, okay, I've done, I was okay with dissolving the marriage because I knew personally that Keisha had done everything that Keisha could do. I had 
requested counseling. I had, um, I was willing to forgive, forget, move on, trying to do everything I could as a person. But at the end of the day, it, it takes two willing partners to be able to, to resolve whatever's going on and get the help that you need, if, it, if that means bringing in a third party. And if you can't get that resolution, then at the end of the day, somebody's got to make a decision uh, to say, this is not working. This is not good for me. I'm not happy. You're not happy. Our children are not happy and we need to change something. Mm. So I was just going to ask you what the effects of the, um, of the toxicity of your marriage did. Did you see it in your kids during the marriage? You know, because a lot of times you think people are delude themselves into thinking, okay, this got to be better for the kids, but and they they don't ignore the signs that the kids are struggling because they see what's going on, they feel the energy of what's going on. They you're not fooling them. Did you see that? Yes, when they were little, it's easy because you can kids you can hide a lot when they're young. As they got older, they begin to see for themselves, and they begin to say like um, they would ask questions, and I'm like, you know, you try to you know shy them away from giving them all of the information or try to protect them. And, um, and at that time, they begin to be like a defender for me, um, like protector for me. And uh, as they got older, I realized how my being in that relationship affected them and their relationships that they would have in the future with people that they might engage with. Um, and I suggested to them, if you need therapy, if you need counseling, get it. Uh, I don't want you to think that what happened in our home was normal. It wasn't, um, it wasn't a healthy environment. So if you need therapy, then you go get therapy. If you need to talk to someone, do that. Um, but whatever, I don't want you to think that this is a normal uh, relationship. And a lot of times I know they used to say what happens in this house stays in this house. And a lot of times um, we did that to the, and these, and these children grow up and they're bitter and they're angry. Um, and I didn't want that for my daughters. I want them to, have healthy relationships um, with with everyone in their life. And a lot of times it's not just with, um, you know, their significant others, but if you hold it on to bitterness and anger and rage, those things will begin to spill over in all of your relationships, not just like a dating or a husband and wife type, type uh, relationship, but it'll spill over in everything. And I want them not to be that. I want them to be whole right. uh, as much as possible. And I felt really bad that I had played a part in keeping them in, in an environment that was not conducive to them being great women uh, that they would grow up and that they are becoming. Mm, and I know that they are. So how are they? How are they now? So compared to then and, you know, and I'm so glad that you were able to just say, hey, if you need help. And I, I love how you championed therapy for anybody who needs it. We have to take care of our mental health. And it's not just one of those. And it's, it definitely is not. It, kids need this, this too, you know, because this is stuff that's going to shape their character as they turn into women. And for you to be able to catch that and be like, okay, look, it's okay. What happened was not normal. Because sometimes we have to normalize stuff that's going on in our head. We will do that. Even, even as kids, we'll normalize it. Well, because we'll say, well, it's not as bad as exactly. what's going on over there. But what happened, it might not have been, been the worst thing in the world, but it's still not normal. And, it, not and normal. we need to acknowledge that. And so I commend you on doing that with them. But how are they, how are they now? Both girls are doing very well. Um, the oldest is um, 
out on her own, getting her master's degree. So she's excelling there. And then the youngest is um, her second year in college. And so they've taken my advice and um, they're getting or doing whatever they think is best for them as, as it relates to therapy or counseling or have done. Um, and we're okay with that. And, um, and we keep open communication. We talk about things and, and, and even some of the things, you know, I said, they're so wise because they even said to me, like, mom, why did you do this? Why did you allow that? And and I'm like, wow, that was <laughs> coming from an 18-year-old, a 17-year-old, okay? So yeah, like there's so, and so, so we can learn from them. And a lot of times I know we as parents think we're the ones with all the answers, but sometimes uh, sitting down talking to them, they've really shed light and, get, and been very insightful on some things. And then I go back and look over and look at things. And I'm like, wow, why didn't I think of that then, back then? Yeah. So we have a very strong relationship. My daughters and I, we're very close um, and we're rebuilding. We're, we're all healing. We're getting um, the necessary healing, taking the time. Uh, we're all journals. So we love to journal. So we're journaling the process and, um, and that's been helping us. It's a key um, part of the healing process for us in our writing. Oh, yeah. So I love to write. We're all yeah. writing, all journaling. Yeah. Um, and so we put our, our thoughts to paper. And that's been very helpful, um, especially when you it's hard to verbalize. We can write it out. So Absolutely. So when you get out of there, now you're out here on your own. And you're getting to the point where God is, now he's restoring you. So tell yes. us what that looks like now. Because before you said you were all over the ministry, you're all, you know, trying to keep yourself busy just to avoid <laughs> what was going. Do you, basically, I don't want to go home. Yeah. Uh, anywhere I can be and serve you, let me be there so I don't have to be home. And now you pass that, you to the point where you like to go home now, don't you? <laughs> yes. Okay. Good. I come home to peace and that's what I love. Oh, um, yeah. I love the tranquility. I loved how I keep the house as my safe place. Um, it's a place where I can worship. Um, I can pray, but as the Lord is restoring God this year, last couple of years, I would say now started in 20, I got a job. Um, and it became, thank you. It became a full-time <laughs> position. And I was so happy. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm back on the road, got a job, you know? And so I was able to earn salary and I kept that job for about a year. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And then I transitioned into another job, went back to a former employer. And um, and on there, the Lord began to tell me, so I'm going to bless you in that job. And um, and so it has been a blessing. Uh, I'm in the process of buying a new home. Congrats. So, that is wonderful. So with the, the restoration process, the Lord is giving me back, um, restoring back some of the things that I've lost. Um, the house. It's um it's, it's, it's like the perfect home. It's not a great big home, but it's, it's the perfect home. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I'm, I'm able to have, you know, gainfully be employed buy a new home. Uh, and those are material things, but also the Lord has restored, um, my faith, restored my joy. Um, peace was a big thing mm -hmm. and the Lord has restored peace. Um, not only that just within me, but within my family, within my daughter's, um, I can see restoration coming back within just within them, us becoming like more of a family unit sticking together. Um, and we, we really rallied around each other. When I went through this, I can say my sister, my nieces, um, and my family 
they were, they, my circle was so small, but it was very tight and um, they kept me covered. Um, my daughters, I it just blessed me how they were like, mom, we're praying for you. And so I got to see God in them uh, and, and all that I had been teaching them, all that I've been taking them because they were lap babies and I always took them to church. Um, they begin to, and I'm like, wow. And, and even like when I was like my bills, you know, I'm coming out of debt and, and my, my daughters would be like, mama, we've been praying that you would get out of debt. And I'm like, you've been praying that prayer. And so it's just a blessing to see that, that what I've been teaching them, what I have instilled in them, that they're able to deposit and turn it back around and give it back to me. Like, and so like, mom, we've been praying for you. Uh, we've been hoping that you get out of debt, but praying that God bless your finances. Um, because even the jobs that I took, they were lesser in income, um, than what I made, but the Lord told me, said, I'm going to, and, and the Lord, that's why I was saying to you, the Lord just, I saw the Lord to be Jehovah Jireh because the Lord took what was like $30,000 less salary and blessed it and multiplied it. And I paid, I had the same amount of debt, but $30,000 less of income. Mm -hmm. and, and every month something happened, the Lord made a way. And, um, and so here lately, I was able to um, be able to cash out some, some reserves from um, a stock plan that I had from a previous employer and be able to pay off the debt. And so to be saying that I'll be debt free in about a month completely. Yeah. And, um, and so th those, these are some of the ways that the Lord has been restoring back to me um, some of the things that I lost. Mm. And then like, as far as in your ministry, because, you know, sometimes we'll just jump in stuff because they have an open space, which in ministry is always open space. But um, what what has God helped to do to, you know, to to streamline that for you? Like what uh, to get you in line with the ministry he birthed in you? You know, did he find where did you find the purpose in your pain? The purpose in my pain, the Lord said to me, he said, um, one thing, I'll give one ministry. There's a, a couple of things, but one ministry the Lord has birthed uh, through me is um, Ruth's Daughters. It's a story of a redemption love. Uh, and the ministry, actually, I have it here, stands on uh, Ruth 4 and 15. And it says, and he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life. And so I'm going to use this uh, nonprofit to help abuse women, children, um, and just mentor them. I want them to know um, that they can, even after failure, setbacks, after um, life doesn't go according to plan, things happen, but God is a restorer. There is still can be joy after this. And the story of Ruth and how she found um, favor with Boaz and how they got married and how she began to, God began to restore her life after she had lost her husband and her mother-in-law, Naomi had lost both of her sons, which was one of Ruth's husband, Ruth's husband and her father. And God just used that to show me um, to be able to help with disappointments, rejections. Um, and this ministry will be a ministry for women uh, to help them overcome and to see full restoration in their life through Christ. That is amazing. And when I think about, you know, how, you're to the point now where you can finally tell your story, right? And when you think about all those ministries you were doing, but at that time you weren't at a place of transparency, right? Nope. So I think all of that had to bring you down so that you can get to the point where you can say what I've been through, it's okay to tell it. And so many people get blessed through your story and through your experiences. Do you feel like um, all you went through was to get to Ruth's daughter? 
it was. And God knew I from a little girl, probably I was thinking maybe 10 or 12. And I, I think I shared, I don't even know where it came, but the seed of rejection, the seed of not feeling love uh, was always there. Um, and those things, those seeds that were there, I think played a big part in who I was as a young woman and as a, as a mother, as a wife, um, all of those things. But the Lord began to streamline. And so I began to say, okay, God, I'll pull away. So I pull away from a lot of ministries. I'm like, I'll serve as chair, but I won't be, um, you know, serve on the board, but I won't be the chairperson. I won't be the president. Uh, I won't usher, you know, because I wanted to make sure I don't want to just do ministry to say that my hands are in everything because I really would rather be on the background um, contrary to what it may seem. And so I, but I told the Lord, I want to be effective. So I want to be where you want me to be, where it's effective in ministry, where it's relevant for your people to hear. Um, so I want to be in position so that God can use me because if God is telling me I would have never birthed this had all of this not happened. So a lot of times, um, one thing I, I share with my sister, and I'll share this in closing if we're getting near to closing, but I said to my sister, I said, people look at the prophecy and they look at the promise and they love to talk about Joseph from the, from the pit to the palace, but in between there's process. Mm -hmm. And so in between all of that was my process. So everything that I had gone through, the Lord was saying to me, I'm going to use the, the rejection, the failure of marriage, um, the abuse, um, that you've suffered the losses, uh, everything that you've endured, I'm going to use it so that you can bless other women, other young girls know that they're loved, that, 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 that no matter what they've gone through, whether it's sexual abuse, physical abuse, uh, whatever the case is, that I am a restorer of their life. I can do that. We can't do it in our own strength and our own ability, but with the help of the Lord, with, uh, with the word of God spoken over us, knowing, having tools, strategies, what we need, what does the word of God say about our situation? There's, everything is in there. We can, if you have had the situation, there's a word that we can put on it. And so as the Lord gives me the blueprints and the downloads, the strategies for, for Ruth's daughters and, and the gatherings that we'll do for women, um, uh, one, I'm going to do a, a women's conference. There's so many things that the Lord birthed and spent off from that ministry, um, gatherings, prophetic, you know, prayers. I want to, I want women and men as well, but definitely God's called me to women ministry. I want women to be where they need to be in ministry and not just be being busy because there is a need in the church, wherever it is. I want you to be where God wants you to be. So that, that's where you're going to be most effective. Absolutely. Well said. Well, yes. Pain meet purpose. I love it. I love it. it yes. That is a great story. And I love Ruth's daughter. When you first told me about it, I was like, okay, that, that is perfect. And <laughs> I, I'm going to go ahead and, and put and say it again on the air now where you need me, let me know, because I would love to support that organization. When you get everything up and running, we're going to have you back so that okay. we can let people know what's going on with it, what they can do to be a part of it what they can do to support it because that's what we need to do in the kingdom of God because all this show is about is kingdom community and ag advocating for a relationship with God and, and and letting people know that on this walk God will be with you good times bad times indifferent and he can restore 
anything that's been taken away and make you come out shinier and newer on the other on the other side and on top of all of that he will bless others through you which is the biggest thing that we can ask in this on this walk with god Teacher, thank you so much for sharing your story thank you for having me thank you for having me it was truly inspirational i can't wait god is definitely doing something he's already doing something in you right and just continue to let him use you continue to go after everything he has for you because this is just the beginning i gotta be nosy ask are you dating not seriously (laughs) you you hear so much stigma around you know divorce in the christian community and i i'm so i'm gonna do a show after uh life after divorce just because you know it does not have to be the end do you feel like you you're going to get married you would want to get married again i want to get married i believe in the institution of marriage i love uh having a life partner i i but this time i told the lord i said to god in prayer i said lord i want to do it the right way i want to do it your way um, I am waiting. The Lord has spoken. The Lord has said yes, that I can marry. Mm-hmm. And so um, this time I said, Lord, I want to wait on you. Um, I do have a friend uh, that I can go out with, like for movies or dinner. Um, but I'm waiting on God. I don't want to be hasty. I don't want to rush. Um, but what I did do, and I would employ anybody coming out of everything that I did, I didn't date immediately. So um, I just started dating. So, but from the beginning, I basically took time and I healed. I allowed the Lord to heal me. I, um, I like I said, I, I told the Lord, I don't want to have baggage when I go into the next relationship. So immediately for a, almost two years, I didn't date. I didn't do anything. So um, I didn't text. I didn't call nothing. I just stayed before the Lord. Um, and I allowed the Lord to heal me. And the Lord said to me, he wanted to heal me. So I would, I tell anybody, take that time. If you need it, don't rush into another relationship because that's what we call love on the rebound. And we don't want to do that. We want to get healed, be whole so that we can get, you know, so when we do go into a relationship, because this two halves make a whole is not true. We, we all need to be whole. So <laughs> yeah, I need to be a whole woman. You need to be a whole man. And if you need healing, that's why I say, get what you need. Uh, so that when you, God does bless us with a, a new life partner, um, a new relationship, we're ready to receive it. I don't want to be like, oh, I got to get, that's, you take that time to prepare. That's one of the things the Lord is dealing with me. Your singleness is a season of preparation for marriage. So what do you need to do? I begin to work on credit. I begin to want to shed a few pounds. Uh, I begin to want to um, build a bank account, savings, pay off debt, because all of those things are important, especially when you're thinking about getting remarried, um, especially if you're my age, more than likely you may have children. So this is going to be a blended family when that time, and if that time happens and you don't want to have to get ready, you want to already be ready. Yes. And then if you are expecting a blessing from God, prepare for it, prepare for it. You I prepare like for it. Right. That's so right. let this be a note, uh, a note to, um, anyone, ma'am, sir, when you just leaving a relationship, heal yourself before you try to attach yourself and along with whatever you did not heal to a new person. They don't deserve that. You wouldn't want that. Take that time that you need to get yourself together, prepare for that next person. And uh, you're doing that. Keisha, thank you for your example. 
Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, when you've gone through a lot, you know, the Bible tells us to whom much is given, much is required. Mm -hmm. And so um, I just want to make sure um, I don't want to I don't want to hurt. I don't want to damage anybody. Um, I don't want to anybody to feel what I felt. And so I want to take I wanted to make sure that I was um, a better me, a better Keisha. Um, and so I began to work on things that I needed to work on, um, being more accountable, better communication. I'm still learning. I haven't arrived by no means. I'm not perfect. Again, I haven't dated a lot. Um, you know, and things are different. I'm, I'm much older. I was, you know, I got married in my late twenties. And so now here I am in my late forties, um, and single. And so, you know, it's different. And from a, from a Christian standpoint, it's different when you're a, a woman of God compared to maybe not. So, and so things are different. And so I, there, I have a lot to learn <laughs> and, uh, and I just rely on the Holy spirit to lead me. Well, amen for that. Keisha, thank you so much for being here. We're going to have you back when Ruth's Daughters is up and running. And uh, good luck to you and your thank family. You. I will keep doing your in my prayers. And I can't wait to see all that God is going to do through you. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me tonight. My pleasure. Thank you so much to my guest, Keisha, for coming on and being brave enough to, sh to share your story about how you were able to turn your pain into your purpose. And not only is that true for Keisha, it's true for anybody who has the perspective to know that just because trouble come or just because life is shaky, it doesn't mean it has to be the end. It might very well be that beginning that God has been putting in a place to get you where he wants you to go. All right, so as things are looking rocky, don't think that it's the end. Keep pushing and find your purpose in all that pain. So if this conversation resounded to you, I hope you do like it. I hope you please share it. And please feel free to comment, whether it's on YouTube or following us on Instagram at this underscore Christian underscore walk 2020. Um, or please listen to us on iHeart as well as Apple Podcast, and we got Spotify coming to you soon enough. But thank you so much for joining the conversation on this walk. It looks like even when the things that we bank our lives around as far as our job, our family, when those things start to crumble, it looks like that's the end of the world, but really it isn't. If you feel your world coming and, cr and, and, and crumbling around you, that just might be exactly where God wants you to be. And on this walk with God, I know loving God can be easy. Trusting God can be hard. But I believe we can all get there one step at a time on this Christian walk. I'll see you next time. Uh, walk with me, talk with me. What you know about God, will he ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me, hear my story. Show me more what's in store and what's more. Listen, homie, can you walk with me? Talk with me, what you know about God, will he ride with me? Come and open my eyes for me and my story. Show me more what's in store and once more. Listen, homie, can you walk? Uh, can you walk? Let's walk.